2: I think the Indianapolis Star, the local paper here says it best. It's
3: time, and it is time for the Indianapolis 500. You'll remember last year, there were no fans at the race last year. This year, it's going to be 135,000 people packing into the motor speedway here. And that's only, as you said, 40% of capacity. There's going to be the things you may expect these days. going will be required inside. There is going to be an attempt at social distancing. But there's one thing that's going to be very different than any other past running of the Indianapolis 500, and that is the ability to get vaccinated while you're at the race you can literally grab a burger grab a beer grab your one shot johnson and johnson COVID 19 vaccine and sit down
4: wow <laughs> wow what do you say there will be an attempt at social distancing <laughs> all one hundred thirty-five thousand yeah. of you try to
3: stay apart <laughs> right so that's right. where we are with vaccinations now you get a burger a beer and a jab in the arm with the one dose j and j And go about your business
4: Yeah, fantastic Glad to see people at the Indy I didn't watch it this year I kind of forgot it was on, honestly I can never remember what's on Sunday And what's actually on Monday But congratulations to uh, Old What's-His-Face one won for the fourth time Castroneves uh, Who follows Indy Racing? Anybody? Helio Castroneves Fantastic Well said,
3: Michael Thank you So, um, I listened to a lot of podcasts While we were on vacation Did a ton of driving I was, um, hoping that, uh, cause I've announced that, uh, my wife and I are getting a divorce, and I was hoping that this would be a good break for, uh, Sam and Henry and I, the three of us, from, uh, you know, thinking about that, what has been a miserable, uh, for the past month. And, um, I think it was a really good break for them, but for me, I found that driving was just, it was just nonstop turning it over. It was too much time to just oh, think. Right. Plus, you got the whole. You got the whole breakup situation. I haven't been heartbroken in decades. I, I kind of figured I had outgrown that sort of thing. Uh, I have not. Oh and boy. it's just, it's, 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 it's every bit as bad as I remember it. And I know, like, you've coached some of your kids through the whole thing, but it's it's every bit as bad as I remember it. Every song on the radio is either about falling in love, looking for love, or, be, or breaking up. So every song, he can't listen to any music. Oof. And everything, i drive by a Wendy's, we ate at a Wendy's once, you know, it's just everything, everything. I'll get you a playlist.
4: Yeah, exactly. Oh, Lord. I'll get you a good playlist of Rush songs. It's mostly about libertarianism and space travel (laughs) and principles and stuff like that. And then long, very long.
3: But anyway, so I decided I needed to take in more podcasts to keep my mind off what's actually going on in my life, to just try to focus on some stuff, and that helped a little bit. Um, uh, several podcasts pointing out an issue that is growing and growing and growing. Then I came across this poll that really makes it clear that crime is about to jump way up in terms of a political issue for voting. And it hasn't been a voting issue for some time. And going back to the statistics, peaking or the, the, the downward slide starting in the early 90s, Joe and I are of the age where crime was a major issue when we were kids. Sitcoms, late-night comic jokes, I mean, just everything revolved around crime because it was so
4: prevalent through the 70s and 80s. And honestly, pop music, too, would mention how tough and dangerous New York is, for instance. And uh, then it started trending
3: down in the nine in the nineties, and it just kept going lower and lower and lower and lower until the, we got to the point that we just thought we'd solved crime. I guess if you're a stupid person, and so we don't need jails, we don't need cops, we don't need this, we don't need that. And uh, now, of course, crime is going back up, and it's going up a lot in a lot of different places, whether it's violent crime or getting your car broken into or whatever. Here are the statistics that show you that crime is. And by the way, it's that that's a it's a good issue generally for Republicans. Uh, law and order. Um, I'd rather not have the issue than have the issue, but if the issue is going to exist, it usually is good for Republicans. Ronald Reagan and many Republican presidents to a, a certain extent rode a wave of, I'm going to be tough on crime and I'm going to be tough on communists. As we, did Joe Biden and Bill Clinton. We, exactly, exactly. Because you had to. You couldn't get elected if you weren't. We right. might be, we might be back to that. The Chinese communists and crime, being tough on crime and being tough on communists. Listen to this. 3 quarter. the question was, do, is crime in the country worse than it was a year ago? One year ago. Three-quarters of the country says yes. 75% of the country, or 75% of respondents said crime is worse in the country than it was a year ago. How about your own local area? 54%. So even with your own local area, a majority of people say crime is worse than it was one year ago let alone five years ago or ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it- uh, that that is going to be huge. You want to talk about something that moves people to vote? Pipelines, tax cuts, there's all kinds of things that might, school this or that, it might move you, eh, crime. You get your car broken into, you're afraid to walk out of your restaurant to your, your parking garage, you get your home broken in, your car, anything stolen, your kids are, that
4: makes you go to the polls and vote, man. Oh, yeah, well, to say nothing of uh, someone you love getting robbed or beaten or oh, raped yeah, or yeah. murdered. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, not to mention something really, truly
4: awful. Right. Right. Or someone just down the street getting
3: murdered. 75% of people feel crime is worse in America than it was a year ago. That is going to be a big deal.
4: Yeah. Hey, Sean, why don't you go ahead and play us a clip number 30? Other
1: cities trying to woo back visitors are also seeing a surge in crime. Year to date, murders are up 50% in Austin, 127% in L.A. County, and an astounding 800% in Portland. And in Miami, where violent crimes have decreased, a mass shooting this weekend that left two people dead and more than 20 injured damaged the city's reputation as a tourist destination. Sometimes the perceptions
3: about crime are not accurate. In this case, they are. The reason three quarters of people think crime's worse in America than a year ago is because crime is worse in America than it
4: was a year ago. Yeah, crime policy reminds me of the old game that anybody who ice skated, uh, and like in the upper Midwest, recognizes crack the whip, where you'd be holding hands with a bunch of people and the person would turn and the person at the end of the line would be going super fast and the rest of it, but always trailing, right? Well, crime policy always trails the crime statistics and then, like, cracks the whip. So the 70s was so dangerous and and. Just full of crime. After some of the feel-good, mamby pamby policies of the sixties, and so uh, society cracked the whip and really uh, mandatory minimums. Uh, Minimum, even you know, low-level drug dealers went to jail for a long, long time. And by golly, anybody who wanted to do wrong was behind bars. Maybe excessively, maybe it disproportionately impacted one group or another. But the point was. Policy yielded low crime, historically low, wonderfully low crime rates. So what's it, What's that skater at the front of the line going to do? They're going to say, oh, we're too tough on crime. And they're going to fear left. And then the policy is going to whip way out to the point that, for instance, in the blue states, they're turning loose felons by the thousands and thousands saying, oh, it's unfair. They shouldn't be in jail. And the main reason they're in jail is racism. Now, they may have shot somebody in the belly, but that's just because of systemic racism, blah, blah, blah. And so, man, that whip is going to crack. And you got 800 percent increase in murders in Portland, which is just uh, I don't know what the raw numbers are. It's not like they had 8000 murders each. Or anything, in Portland, but uh, that's just that's crazy. Society cannot get it right. We veer from guardrail to guardrail and never figure out when we're well, in the sweet for spot. For some
3: of you idiots, on the area of crime, I never, for, I never for an instant thought, yeah, yeah. There's not that much crime. Let's let people out of prison. Like some of you morons, apparently did. Probably not many people listening to this show, but that idea that we've just solved crime or society, human beings
4: have changed where they're right. not going to break into your car. Or the we only put people in jail because of racism, and then if you let everybody out of jail without being a racist, everything would be fine. It's just it's dumb. Oh, speaking of race and that sort of thing, and there's a lot of discussion about race all the time, and most of it is just a quest for power. Uh, the two sides of the coin of the Tulsa race massacre, 100th anniversary of that, race riots, some people call it, um, I ought to talk about that a little bit and in horrifying the way, story. Oh yeah, it's it's you know what it reminds me a little of the 1619 project, the the whole collection of journalism in that there was some really good, valuable, sickening, important stuff in there. Then there was steaming piles of horse crap, and the discussion around the uh, Tulsa race uh, riots uh, and massacre. Um, is a lot of important stuff that we really ought to take a look at. But then, of course, politicians think, okay, we got everybody on their heels. What can we get? And so there's a lot of that going on as well. Maybe we'll take a look at that in a moment or two. Yeah, and uh, uh, something I heard
3: on NPR about it that is really uh, quite astounding.
4: Uh, any thoughts on the
3: whole crime situation? Our text line is four one five two nine five kftc You know, wasn't that many years ago, crime just wasn't a topic, and I didn't, and it wasn't among my friends. Now I can name I could name right now off the top of my head five people I'm thinking of who had their cars broken into. For instance, Uh Uh, it's just you know and man, like I said, uh, war. I'm trying to think of anything that motivates people to to vote more than crime. Maybe if we're at war, you might. Yeah, one party or another, over something, or something. I
4: don't know, or depression or something like that. But there's that.
3: hardly anything that's going to move a person to the polls and vote for a candidate and overlook everything else about that candidate. By the way, you mean, uh-huh. I don't care about his taxes. I don't care about his abortion policy. I don't care about this or that. If he's going to, you know, stop, make it safe for my kid to go to school, that's a huge deal. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC.
4: Is still an open wound in Tulsa after that ruthless attack on the city's Greenwood District, also known as Black Wall Street, the thriving area for black-owned and operated businesses left in ruins after an angry white mob tore through the neighborhood on May 31st, 1921. Less than 24 hours later, an estimated 300 black Americans were dead, thousands of homes and businesses destroyed.
3: An ugly, ugly, ugly story from our history, and it's a 100-year anniversary of that happening, the Tulsa Massacre. Uh, Joe Biden is going to visit today and give a speech and then, uh, unfortunately, I think, try to utilize that to push forward some sort of uh, equity government policy stuff.
4: Yeah, it will be a gigantic program of government spending, which is going to be described as righting historical wrongs, but it will mostly just be handing out goodies from the Treasury uh, under the pretext of of the Tulsa race riots, which are a terrible thing. I recommend you read about it, uh, partly because I think it's important everybody comes to terms with our history, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, understand what human beings are capable of, and, you know, just, it's it was awful. There was a, a absolutely ridiculous accusation of a young black man assaulting a white woman. She said, no, he didn't. Everything's fine. Uh, and yet he was taken into custody, threatened with lynching, including in the daily newspaper there. One of the headlines was, uh, lynching possible tonight, which was more a recruiting wow. cry than a story. Wow. Um, and that headline's not exactly right, but that was the point. Um, and so a bunch of black world war one veterans having gotten word that there was a lynch mob forming up to lynch an innocent young black man, uh, took their guns and headed toward the jail well there were some tussles guns went off etc and a white mob decided to uh, descend on the black area town and burn it to the ground and kill a bunch of people it was absolutely horrific a terrible terrible uh, moment in american history on the other hand that does not justify a soviet-style economic system but it will be the old uh, Mott Bailey. Because that is a terrible incident, we must hand out trillions of dollars.
3: And then NPR uh, did that story and then said, uh, the person at the end of it, the, 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 the announcer at the end said, and this is it at a time where schools are banning discussions of racism. Anyway, in other news, and I thought, okay, so because we're removing critical race theory, which is in itself racist and ridiculous and dangerous for
4: society. And Marxist. um,
3: uh, That is uh, eliminating discussions of racism.
4: Okay. Yeah, hey, uh, NPR, you lying liars. We just discussed racism in and history, and, and there is no critical race theory at all. Anyway, so the president is going to announce, somehow related to the Tulsa race riots of 100 years ago, That he will use federal purchasing power to grow federal contracting with small disadvantaged businesses. Now, of course, I'm quoting from CNN, which presents the administration's messaging without any questioning whatsoever. What is a disadvantaged business, for instance? They're going to increase that by 50 percent to $100 billion over five years.
3: Remember, at the beginning of the pandemic, the Wall Street Journal had a great story on how much savings businesses had. To withstand a shock like the pandemic, the old, you know, saving for a rainy day mm-hmm. and uh black owned businesses tended not to have much money saved up, but just ahead of them in terms of having money saved up was white people, but still way behind Asians. Asians did a fantastic job of having Uh, money saved up for a rainy day for running their businesses better than any other racial group if you want to break things down by
4: race for some reason. Which we would prefer not to, but as long as y'all are.
3: Um, uh, But so is uh, the Asians, are they a disadvantaged group apparently? Well, they've
4: never experienced any discrimination in America, Jack. That was parody, by the way, you knee-jerk jackasses. That was sarcasm. Whether Japanese or Chinese or Korean of origin, they've endured all sorts of discrimination problems in the U.S. And they've done beautifully because of a culture of success and hard work. But anyway. Uh, Biden will also announce new specifics on the $10 billion community re- revitalization fund included in his infrastructure proposal. It will be targeted to economically underserved and underdeveloped communities like Greenwood, where the massacre took place. Now, underdeveloped, you can measure. What does economically underserved mean? Mm-hmm. They don't have as many, like, shoe stores or pet stores or something? There are probably economic reasons for that. This is an interesting idea. The fund will support adapting vacant buildings and storefronts to provide low-cost space for services and community entrepreneurs. Uh, of all sorts. So if there are a bunch of abandoned storefronts, there's going to be a program to get them cheaply to entrepreneurs. I kind of like that idea. I don't know that it's the uh, arena of government. I know with certainty it's not the arena for the federal government because that will become a crony handout program. I've seen it over and over again. New competitive grants totaling $15 billion will target neighborhoods where I love this. People have been cut off from jobs, schools and businesses because of previous transportation investments. Have you seen these stories of freeway cuts through town and kind of Jonesville becomes its own neighborhood, but it's not a very good neighborhood. It's kind of run down. And people say, yeah, when that freeway went through, it cut us down. It cut us off of everybody else. But is there anywhere in America where you can't get from here to there? I mean, the fact that a freeway went through in 1970 means this neighborhood gets money because it's on the other side of the freeway now. Your taxpayer money. It's just silly. It's just an enormous, mind-boggling handout of taxpayer cash under the pretext of there was racism and there is still some. Wall Street Journal
3: says there are three open jobs for every unemployed person currently in America. What is going on with that? Take a look at that situation. Also, uh, John Carl of ABC, White House correspondent, says, Man, a lot of media organizations have egg on their face about the whole
0: COVID origin. Boy, I would say so. Armstrong and Getty. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events, chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.
2: Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: And yes, I think a lot of people have egg on their face. This was an idea uh, that was first put forward by Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, Donald Trump. And look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. That's the emerging story on the origins of the coronavirus that, hey, uh, all these... uh, journalists and some politicians and scientists have to say i still hate donald trump but he was right it probably came out of china and probably out of that lab i think that's but i still hate him i want to make sure you know i hate him he's a bad person
4: unbelievable how,
3: how are we that stupid I was, t- I was talking to my parents um because i was visiting grandma and grandma with my kids and i said one thing that came out of the pandemic is i realized we're just people are stupider than i would have ever guessed and mm. as a nation we're stupider it's are pro- probably no stupider than any other nation Um, uh, but, but human beings are just stupid and they make irrational decisions based on all kinds of wacky things. That's, that's the thing I learned the most from the pandemic.
4: Yeah, absolutely true. And, and, and incredibly disappointing, but the other aspect of this, and you alluded to it is, and I'm sure there's some sage from history who's got a great quote on this, but of the different kinds of manipulation that there are, or, or being manipulated, one of them is you react automatically against something or someone no matter how idiotic that reaction is but it makes you feel good because you hate that person so much so if the you know the 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 politician you don't like says you know puppies are, are pleasant and fun to pet you'll just kick a puppy you'll just kick it because everything they say, I hate everything, everything. You're being manipulated as much as, say, that politician's most fervent fans who love everything he says. That's, that's something I hadn't really witnessed before until the whole, you know, the, the Trump derangement syndrome.
3: Yeah, well, the Biden administration's fully on board now with the fact that it was a, a, could have been a lab leak, and we're doing a 90-day investigation into that, and it would seem that they have some evidence to back that up. Um, it would be
4: nice uh, to have access to the crime scene.
3: Everybody's saying we'll never have definitive proof because China is never going to give that, and they've probably destroyed any definitive proof. But we'll have a, uh, a ton of circumstantial evidence. And the more we get, the more the more we can convince the whole world that, yeah, look, it came out of there. They hit it. That's the kind of country you're dealing with here.
4: Imagine if all of American media and culture had gotten to this place last April, say, or last last May instead of this May how much more pressure we could have applied, how much more evidence probably still existed. There might have been dissidents that had the records that as time went on and they saw, oh, my God, the United States has no interest in uncovering this stuff. Screw it. I'm burning it.
3: Who knows? Speaking of the way people are manipulated and uh, react to certain things, are you familiar with the Goodhart effect? It's been around for many decades. Goodhart's Law. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think so. We'll discuss that next segment. Fascinating stuff. If you run a business, or, and really if you're a human being at all, you'll be interested in the Goodhart Law. I'm one of those. Law. You are a human being. Now, is yeah. that descriptive, or
4: is that a dude's name, Goodhart? It's a person's name. Okay. All right. So he might be a rotten bastard. <laughs> You know, oh that that, when I was a little kid, we lived uh, we were in an apartment complex, and uh, and the people across the courtyard was the Precious family. Their name was Precious, and they were as mean as pitbulls. I mean, they were rotten people, terrible. Yeah. So for all I know, Goodhart was just just, a bastard. You brought up China later. We
3: should talk about China's new three-child policy. After uh, after decades of a one-child policy, they've got a three-child policy coming. Uh, but uh, more on that later. Judy
4: and I follow that preemptively. Out of loyalty to Chairman Xi. <laughs> yeah,
3: I came up a child short. I hope I don't get put in some sort of a prison making shoes. Um Wall Street Journal with an interesting article. uh Why it's so hard to fill jobs in certain states. There are places in the country right now where there are five open jobs per unemployed person. Wow. <laughs> Plenty of places where there are three, and then there are places where it's about one for one, depending on uh, the area they live in. It would seem that um, the more you shut down, unlike most of the United States, says the Wall Street Journal, the size of the labor force grew from 2019 levels in Utah and Idaho, helping keep labor shortages low. The plain states had among the lowest government imposed restrictions on business activity and were among the quickest to reopen no states avoided deep job losses
4: oh well, yeah it's it's almost all about covid policy yeah. if you had if you have still covid crackdowns in place your economy is not growing nearly as quickly as the places that have opened up duh as i've mentioned several times we uh, we traveled uh, out of
3: california and then back into california noticeably different i mean the the, the covid policy so so Different in Nevada, Arizona, and California, noticeably different when you pull in. Not just having to wear a mask, just businesses that are open, how open they are, how busy they are, because they they uh, they they don't have as many employees and they're not at capacity and everything. It's right. Just it's just a different world.
4: Well for good reason Jack and I'm sure you experienced that as you were driving along Interstate 10 when you hit the border I mean in California you have to keep your windshield wipers going there's so much covid I mean it just washes over the car then the moment you pass the welcome to Arizona sign oh the sky opens up covid free at the border God, we did a the
3: worst traffic jam I've ever worst traffic jam ever uh, of my life we we're driving from vegas to barstow to spend the night in a hotel in beautiful barstow and uh, supposed to be a two-hour drive it was a five-hour drive with a three hour crawling traffic jam longest traffic jam i've ever been in in my life three hours of inching along
4: Oy vey. Oh, oh that's miserable brutal oh you're uh, you're a uh, comic book guy from the simpsons it reminds me uh, my brother, who is in the sub service, uh, in the Navy and spent a lot of time under the water. I, I'm never sure quite how up on pop culture he is or was and the rest of it. So I, I flew, uh, Judy and I flew to, to see him and his family in North Carolina. And we actually, uh, toured the campus of Duke University, uh, which I'd never been. And Boo! I looked and, uh, and I, I said, could it be any more gothic? And he responded with something like, uh, Prettiest campus ever so he did not (laughs) let me down Uh, another thing that came
3: out of the pandemic is the surge in u.s gun sales which deserves its own conversation sometime unlike anything we've ever seen in america uh record after record after record month after month after month of gun sales and about a fifth of all the americans who bought guns last year were first time gun owners which is also its own record
4: well come on now Rioting, looting, burning of buildings with the cops standing by kind of makes a guy want to be able to defend himself and his family.
3: Well, we started this hour with the polling on crime. If seventy-five percent of Americans think crime is worse than it was a year ago, you're gonna get a lot of new gun owners.
4: Worse than a year ago. Not worse than like the two thousands. Uh-huh. Yikes. Unbelievable. Anyway, to get back to the job thing, at least very briefly, I'm, I'm reading down a different piece in the Wall Street Journal, but they're going state by state, region by region, where the COVID policy says, yeah, open up, you go ahead, do your thing. Uh, there are so many jobs, so much demand for labor. And in Hawaii, in the Northeast, and it's all political, because at this point it has nothing to do with COVID rates. Nothing. But in your blue areas that are still fairly locked down, yeah, they don't have quite as much of a labor shortage because they got no damn jobs. It's just unbelievable.
3: So uh, Joe Biden put out his six trillion dollar uh, budget um, while we are on vacation. Mm-hmm. I would say um, I'm, I'm not against discussing it at all, but I would say I think uh, presidential budgets in general are over discussed. Every single president, amen. Uh, it's a uh, it's a long wish list that the Beltway types love to discuss, and then what actually comes out of Congress it doesn't look anything like the budget that the president
4: proposed. Yeah, it's reminiscent of State of the Union addresses. Yeah. You get a laundry list, you get aspirations, you get soaring rhetoric. Um but he did put out a six trillion dollar budget,
3: I think, which is to uh change the Overton window to a certain extent so that if he come up if Congress comes up with a four trillion dollar budget It'll seem tiny compared to his $6 trillion budget.
4: Right. You can accuse them of being tightwads and neglecting the poor and minorities. What are you talking about? This is $4 trillion. Oh, please.
3: Um, But, uh, man, there's a whole bunch of stuff in that $6 trillion. There's no doubt about that. What is the good heart effect? I can give you an example with cobras in India and nails in the Soviet Union. And I'll bet it happens in your workplace. I'll bet you've uh, seen this yourself. As a manager, you're going to want to be aware of this? Absolutely. Very interesting stuff on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Smelly Cat, Smelly Cat, what are they feeding you? Smelly Cat, Smelly
3: Cat, it's not your fault. The famous song from Friends with Phoebe singing Smelly Cat alongside Lady Gaga, who apparently was a fan of the tune. Hmm. Do I understand the song was banned in China? Because Lady Gaga has said some things against China. Speaking of China, why does it matter the origin of the coronavirus, whether it came out of China and they covered up or not? Ross Dufat of The New York Times on that. Maybe we'll get to that next hour. I think it's a big deal. I'm glad the uh, Biden administration has made a 180-degree pivot on that story and is now fully on board with sticking it to China.
4: Also next hour, the Portlandia experiment has played out now, and the results are awful, awful. Uh, Update from beautiful, wonderful Portland. Coming up. So this is
3: from a guy named Sahil Bloom, who uh, he tries to demystify business and finance and a bunch of different things in Twitter thread. I'll just read from his Twitter thread. Why not do it that way? Humans are astonishingly bad at setting goals. We consistently establish targets that invite manipulation. Goodhart's law is a simple mental model. And I had not heard of this. If I had, I'd forgotten it. When a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. That is Goodhart's law. We'll explain what that means in a moment. And I Please
4: think, do, because I got my what the what face right. going.
3: I think you'll be able to think of it examples where this has happened in your workplace, or maybe even done it in your own life at home or something like that. If a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. If a measure of performance becomes a stated goal, humans tend to optimize for it regardless of any associated consequences. It's just the way we're built. And the Hmm. measure loses its value as a measure. Goodhart's Law is named after a British economist named Charles Goodhart, who came up with the concept in 1975. He wrote that any observed statistical regularity will tend to collapse once pressure is placed upon it for control purposes. Again, I'll have examples explaining this coming up. The concept was popularized uh, by a woman in a 1997 paper when she called it Goodhart's Law. When a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. Let's get to the examples. Um, Indian cobras and Soviet nails. The cobra effect. You've probably heard this story. There were too many cobras in India. So the British colonists started offering bounties for cobra heads. Locals began breeding cobras, killing them and turning the heads into turn bounties. And cobras were released into the wild...
4: So there'd be more cobras, actually increasing the population of cobras. Oh my gosh! Right, it's like uh, like uh, stocking the lake with bass. Uh,
3: remember the the law is: um, when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. We uh. will, despite any negative consequences, as if that's what you want out of me. I'm going to figure out how to get that, even if the overall goal of our school, our company, our family. Is, you know, are
4: reducing the number of Cobras. Yeah, exactly. Right. It reminds me of the iron law of bureaucracy in a way, how the the purpose becomes just perverted. The British measure
3: of Cobra elimination, Cobra heads, became an explicit target and thus ceased to be a good measure of whether or not, you know, they're doing a good job of bringing down the number of Cobras. Humans optimized for a goal in spite of their clear negative consequences. Um, And then we'll get to the Soviet nails. Soviet factories in the Soviet Union set goals based on the number of nails produced. You had two scenarios that occurred. Workers produced thousands of tiny nails, so they would have more nails. (laughs) Then factories changed the goals to be based on weight of nails produced, and workers started producing very few massive, heavy nails. (laughs) In both cases, the nails were useless, but they optimized the goal. Um, it, it, despite what, you know, without even without even saying out loud what the point of the whole thing was, you know, we optimized for that particular thing. Uh, the Soviet Soviet measure of nail production, quantity or weight became an explicit target and thus ceased to be a good measure. Humans optimized for it in spite of clear negative consequences. Those are from history. Where do we see Goodhart's law in action today? How about in education? You're probably ahead of us on this. Traditional education has lost its way. Measures such as standardized test scores and graduation rates. That's a big one in California. Oh, sure, yeah. Became targets. So humans optimized around them. The result, an assembly line system that fails to promote creativity and critical thinking in our children, and also just lowering standards all the way around. So you get a higher graduation rate, which has been the big thing in California. Are, that's really interesting. And see if you you know think about whether you're not you're doing it in your workplace. You came up with a goal. Are people optimizing to meet that goal, it, despite the fact that your overall performance, money made, whatever,
4: is going down? Right. I think this might be a symptom of having a data-driven society too. Because in in yesteryear, the idea was you educate the children, but that's more difficult to to measure. When you have a math genius, a, a kid who's gifted with words, somebody excels at shop class and is going to rebuild uh, engines for a living and have a great living at it. Uh, it's difficult to quantify, but you could see each one of those kids was educated.
3: Yeah, the thing you have to, I think you have to realize is it, it clearly is human nature that if you give us a goal, we will optimize for that goal and ignore the big picture. Sure. Especially, you know, if you're making more money. I mean, in these cases of schools, if you're going to give schools more money for higher graduation rates, well, they're going to make sure kids graduate. Or yeah.
4: higher test scores. What are you going to spend all your time doing prepping for those tests?
3: Um, Sahil Bloom goes on to say, you've seen this movie before, Wells Fargo opening fake accounts to hit new account quotas. Amazon my- managers hiring people only to fire them so that they could hit internal turnover goals. CEOs managing to short-term stock goals. That's a big problem. We've got all uh, with companies, mm. maybe you've worked for a company that seemed to have short-term stock goals that were uh, you know, working against the overall health of your company. Measures become targets and human beings begin manipulating them. He uses this example, which is a pretty good uh, one, I think. Approval ratings for presidents are a classic measure of the performance of politicians. But when approval ratings become the goal, they cease to be a good measure. Bad short-term decision-making to manipulate
4: approval ratings becomes the norm. And long-term progress stalls. Absolutely true. I mean, for instance, uh, reforming our social programs, our social safety net, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, Social Security, etc. It is suicidal not to do it as a society. And yet we don't because in the short term people will be persuaded by politicians to say they're trying to take away your checks. They're trying to take away your retirement, even though they're not. The entire housing crisis was this. It was, exactly. You have to make a certain number of loans in minority neighborhoods. Alright, let's see. What do we do? Okay, these people don't qualify. Why don't we give them loans and create a complex insurance system, credit default swaps, where we actually get rich if we get poor? You gotta give them points for creativity. I'm gonna keep my eye out
3: for Goodhart's Law for the rest of my life in, uh, you know, my own family structure or where I work or whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's kind
4: of a letter of the law, spirit of the law thing. Yeah, The letter of the goal, yep, the spirit yep, of the goal.
3: Yep, that's absolutely correct. And try to keep the spirit of what you're trying to accomplish in mind all the time when you're trying to optimize these various goals.
4: You know, sometimes I picture the Almighty up in heaven chuckling at us, saying, what you fools don't understand is that everything washes out. Everything ends up being equal. Uh, You become a data-driven society. You completely give up intuition and the spirit of the goal. I understand data is very useful, but you've gotten nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why God is laughing at us, but in my scenario, he is.
3: Wow, and he's a very vengeful, uh, sarcastic God you've
4: got. Yeah, he's at least snarky.
3: Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> idiots. Probably, idiots. Has, probably has some hashtags. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hashtag stupid Homo sapiens. Am I wrong? <laughs> now let's let's take a look at the platypus. I'm pretty proud of that one. <laughs> my image, my elbow. Those people are idiots. what is it a duck is it a bear it's a platypus
3: um why it's important to figure out whether or not the lab leak came out of china um the
4: way that the world particularly russia is hitting us cyber wise also the portland experiment is just sad and you've heard of the breakthrough cases people got the vaccine or they had the vid but they got the vid again how serious a problem is this? Should you be worried? No. B- because we're nice fellas, I'm going to tell you no. No, you shouldn't. If you can't stay tuned, great. Listen to the next hour via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. But I'm not going to try to terrify you into listening more.
3: I'm glad you said that because I'm not worried.
4: Good. Don't be.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
4: Residents at Brightview
1: Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview, Dulles Corner, in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living.